Welcome to Technically Iowa, a podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and all-out female rock stars connected to technology in Iowa. I'm Beth Trejo, and I'll be your host for the show. We have a great show for you planned today. But first, a message from our sponsor. Be sure to check out TAI's Catalyst Series, presented by Corteva AgriScience Agricultural Division of Dow DuPont. This Catalyst Series profiles Iowa women technology leaders through personal long-form interviews and beautiful photography. The digital series will culminate in a live event on December 4th in downtown Des Moines at the Tea Room. Experience photography from the series and listen to stories from women featured throughout 2018. You can meet the Catalyst and learn more about the live event at CatalystIowa.com. That's C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T-S-Iowa.com. Hello and welcome to Technically Iowa, a podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and all-out female rock stars connected to technology in Iowa. I'm Beth Trejo and I'll be your host for the show. Today we have a great speaker, Kristen Constant, who is the Interim VP and CIO at Iowa State University. She's also the Moral Professor and uh, Wilkinson Professor of Interdisciplinary Engineering. So welcome, Kristen. We are excited to have you here today. Thank you. All right. Well, let's get started. So you have quite a few titles there. Tell us a little bit about your current role and your story and how have gotten to where you are today. It's a great question. I ask myself that all the time because I could have never imagined being where I am right now. I was an Iowa State undergraduate here in the mid-80s in engineering And I picked that because I was good at math and science and I was interested, but more significantly, I really felt it was a great way to secure my future. And um, I think that still holds true today. Science is a, a great career path. But what I didn't realize then was how much STEM, that science, technology, engineering, mathematics, is a great way to contribute to society. And that's what brings me into work every day is helping students that make a big difference. I eventually got a PhD from Northwestern. University in engineering and did a postdoc at MIT. And I came back to the faculty at Iowa State because I realized that more than anything, I loved helping students grow and learning new things every day myself. So I thought a faculty position would be a great place to pursue that. And every step of the way, I've had wonderful people that have encouraged me Uh, and actually saw more potential in me than I did in myself, and so very grateful for that. So I moved through the faculty ranks, and not an easy thing to do, but certainly worth it, and I eventually became interested in administration, and I became the department chair for material science and engineering. And instead of focusing on helping students grow, I was now helping faculty grow in their careers, And so that was a great fit, too. And then late last year, I was tapped by our new president, Wendy Winterstein, to head up uh, information technology here at Iowa State and be the CIO, the chief information officer and vice president, and also lead our our big, huge effort to essentially rework all of our our software services and, uh, and business processes. And so... Here I am, um, as I said, just hardly imagined I could be here, but I'm just having the time of my life. It's just been a great, great, fun job for me. That's excellent. You know, obviously being as part of the university, I'm assuming that you get the chance to work with both students and faculty and maybe even some prospective students. If you were talking to someone, let's say, maybe younger in high school or still trying to figure out what they want to do and what engineering, science, math really means to them as they develop their career, what would you, what would you tell them as they're trying to kind of decide what they want to do? 
Where should they start? That is a great question. And actually, I get to do that fairly frequently. And I think people have recognized how much I enjoy that. And so frequently, I'll get calls from high school students and so on asking about engineering. And I think the message that I like to give people is that engineering and science in general is just an absolutely fantastic way to make a big difference in the world. And what I'm finding these days is that so many of our students are very interested in making a difference, having an impact, making lives better around the state and around the world. And this is a great way to do just that, all the while having a really enriching career that is very uh, deeply satisfying. Again, I couldn't have imagined it because that those aren't the reasons that I chose the career that I did, but they are definitely the reasons that I've stayed in it. I think that that's so interesting. You know, I have uh, young kids. Um, my son is seven and my daughter's five. And I think it's so interesting, you know, the engineering that they will probably grow up to know and get tastes of with their different classes and programs and camps is very different than the engineering that I always had in my head when I opened that book to decide what career am I going to pick and, you know, what major am I going to focus on. So I think that it's awesome that we're giving younger people the opportunity to see that this stuff doesn't always look, you know, black and white and, you know, there's definitely creative opportunities within these fields and there's social and kind of people skills that, you know, if, if you have an individual that's very highly social, there's also options for them in, in these oh, categories. absolutely. And the other thing, first of all, the creativity and innovation are really, truly the hallmarks of, of being a good engineer. It's, you know, obviously the tools of science and chemistry, all that's fine, but those are tools. The innovative solutions that you come up with, that's where the really interesting, rewarding career sits in that in that space to get people that have interests in maybe art or music as well as engineering there's some great intersectionality there too where you can feed the need to see both your creative and artistic side or your social side, or your service side, and engineering. Yeah, and I think that that's really interesting that you kind of bring in the mission-driven elements to the engineering and technology side, because I think that, um, you know, I... When I remember when I graduated, I really wanted to work in nonprofit work and because I wanted to make an impact and make a difference. And the not saying nonprofits aren't amazing. There's so many great opportunities there. But I think I realized that you can do it in lots of different ways and be in, in a business setting and still feel like you're having that direct impact. And I think that a lot of high schoolers or, or people that are looking to decide maybe even changing their career don't always have that cap on to say there's a lot of other ways that we can look at this stuff. Well, and part of it, I think, is is that we engineers haven't done as good a job at helping people understand the impact that they have as they should because you know it's very clear to us that doctors help people or you know some of those careers but engineers that's why we're here we're solving really big important problems whether it's healthcare or you know climate related issues there's just all kinds of really impactful work that needs to be done you had the opportunity to work with some students so tell me what some of the positions people are applying for after they graduate whether that's grad school or undergrad 
Sure. You know, the truth is just about every industry hires engineers from the obvious, you know, aerospace companies or IBM and, you know, computer companies to the not so obvious food companies that look at ways to preserve or package or modify, you know, nutrients and so on. Healthcare companies that look at prosthetic devices or other drug delivery mechanisms. And so just about any field is going to hire engineers and having engineers that can communicate and interact with people of all kinds is just critical to our competitiveness as a nation. So uh, we definitely welcome all. I think that's a great note to end on. And let's segue into our next section, um, which is a little bit of fun. We pulled this from a, I think it was a Sesame Street or some game where one of these things is not like the other and one of these things just doesn't belong. And so we are going to list four different famous Iowans and you have to pick the plant. So there's only actually three famous um, people that are connected to Iowa and one is the plant. So I'm going to list four of them and then you pick the fake. All right. So first we have Tom Brokaw, Ben Silberman. Ashton Kutcher, and Kamal Nanjiani. Do you know? Oh, I do not know. Um, you know, the the tricky one, uh, the last person, and I'm afraid I don't know that name, would, would be a natural guess, but I'm guessing maybe not, just, you know, overthinking it. Tom Brokaw, I'm going to say. Yes. So that's that's correct. And honestly, there's probably other connections that these individuals have to Iowa. Um, but Tom Brokaw is very connected to South Dakota and he is from South Dakota. So that was the plant. <laughs> Good job. Um, but Ben Silverman um, was, is the founder, co-founder of Pinterest, and he is from Iowa. And I like um, that. Yes. And Ashton Kutcher as well. Um, he, but he's also in the tech space. Um, mm-hmm. Many people know him from his acting career, but he also is um, an investor. And then the last one, um, and I'm afraid that I'm probably butchering his name as well, um, Kamal Nanjiani, he is in the HBO series Silicon Valley. And if you haven't okay. seen it, it's, it's a hilarious kind of riff on the tech space just in general. But he actually is not from Iowa, but went to Grinnell College in Iowa. So he does have a connection there. So that was a little bit of a trick question, but... Uh, That's all right. That's but, yeah. all right. So I used a little bit of logic and got myself there. I, I knew too. And I didn't know between the other two, so I picked the less obvious one. Right. There you go. Hey, logic and true engineer, right? Like, that makes sense. All right. Our next section is is our life hack section. And we talk a little bit about what things make your life a little bit easier. So the first question I have for you is what apps or gadgets or tools can you not live without? Okay. Well, goodness, I discover new apps every day. I am a lifelong geek and I just and I say that with pride. I just love my devices. I love my apps. If I had to say that makes my life better every day, a couple of things. One, I have recently become aware that mindfulness and meditation really helps keep me centered and calm in high stress situations. And so the, the app Headspace is uh, one that helps me do that. And so that's kind of enabling something not low tech, which is as low tech as it gets meditation, basically doing something in your own mind, but it's a tech enabler. 
I also recently discovered, and this really appeals to the scientist in me, the Apple Heart Study. And I signed up for that. And I just love the idea that I'm contributing to this database of research on heart performance just by wearing my watch every day. And it's going into some big database in the sky that um, lots of doctors and researchers evaluate and uh, potentially, you know, make some discoveries that could help save people or, or benefit people with, with heart problems. So, so that's kind of fun for me. Awesome. I didn't actually realize that. Is that a separate app that you have to have on your watch? Um, yes, just it a- is. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, you just download it and it sits on your watch and, and it just runs in the background. It doesn't drain battery power as far as I can tell or anything. And they just check in and monitor your heart rate now and then. And, um, and you just contribute to that study. That is fascinating. I like that. And I um, I like that uh, meditation app as well. I, I've actually used some of those. And it's, it's amazing how much that just having that technology, and I don't know if this one does it specifically, but I've used some that kind of take you through guided meditation. And um, Absolutely. they're mm-hmm. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yes, I've had a number of apps. This one, though, is kind of a continuous one. It builds on the prior day and kind of helps you just flesh out your skills because it's just like anything else. It's a skill to learn Um, and you can get better at it and you do get better at it. So I kind of like it and I'm competitive with myself too. And it tells me how long I've meditated and all this stuff and gives me good jobs. And I'm easy to please. If someone gives me a sticker for something, it makes me happy. Isn't that true? I I noticed that on my watch where, you know, I get like a gold star for moving like a little bit more today. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but it's it's funny what we'll do with it for a little reward. What about your best shortcut or kind of life hack that you could recommend to other people, whether they're in the technology or not in the technology space? Mm-hmm. I kind of already told you about Headspace, which I really like. And I certainly use all of my tools. And the thing that is not a specific app that I think is really important is invest in learning what those tools can do for you. It always feels like you're wasting time um, exploring them. But if you think about the time you get back when you use those tools, either to keep you on track or, you know, plan your day or interact with other people, it really pays for itself many times over the time you invest in learning those tools. So, So my advice is always to people, you know, spend some time really exploring the tools that are at your fingertips because they're just amazing. I like that. That's some great advice. How do you keep track of what you have to do on a day-to-day basis? And what advice do you have for other people that are trying to organize that to-do list? Well, first of all, I have help and I should acknowledge that. I have a wonderful admin who just works miracles with my calendar, which is pretty darn complex. But also, um, I use Smartsheet, which is just sort of a, a spreadsheet tool that helps keep track of what you need to do and it's you know sends you automatic reminders or it, it engages other people because you can share them and and so on but i have to say that i'm a big fountain pen enthusiast and i still love writing with classic writing instruments and so i still write my lists out on paper sometimes it's especially cathartic if i'm really trying to figure something out and there's something just extremely satisfying about crossing it off <laughs> agreed <laughs> so, so yes, it's low tech and I'm I'm admittedly a geek, but I use that too. I think there's always a balance, right? That's right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We really enjoyed speaking with you. And yeah, thank you for joining us for the episode of Technically Iowa. 
Thank you so much. It's been fun.